There is a mysterious passage in Revelation chapter 13 that implies the Antichrist might be killed and resurrected from the dead in the middle of the tribulation. Is this what the passage means, or does it mean something else? And what about the Antichrist today? Is there any possibility that he might be alive right now? For the answers to these intriguing questions from 11 Bible prophecy experts, stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. During the past two weeks, we have been showing you interviews that we made recently with 11 Bible prophecy experts about questions pertaining to the Antichrist. In our first program, we talked with them about whether or not the Antichrist would be a Jew, and the consensus opinion was that he would be a Gentile. In our second program, we asked the experts if the Antichrist could possibly be a Muslim, and the overwhelming consensus was that there was no possibility. In this program, we will be asking two questions. First, Will the Antichrist be killed and resurrected from the dead? And second, is there any possibility that the Antichrist might be alive today? Only 10 of our 11 experts responded to the first question, will the Antichrist be killed and resurrected from the dead? Of those 10, two said yes, one said it was doubtful, and seven gave a firm no. Let's take a look at all 10 answers. I would have to say yes, because the very same term used of the Antichrist in Revelation 13, verse 1 and 2, is also used of the true Son, Revelation chapter 5, verse 6, as though he had been slain. In the case of Jesus, he didn't appear to be dead. He really did die. And by normal human experience, he should have remained dead, but suddenly was alive because of resurrection. And the phrase, as though he had been slain, is the Greek idiom for resurrected individual, was used of the true Son, in chapter 5 is used to the counterfeit son in chapter 13. You'd have to understand the same way. He'll be killed in his war against the ten kings. He'll be raised back to life by Satan's power. He will continue the war, kill three kings. The other seven will then submit his authority. And therefore he will undergo, as part of the counterfeit program, a counterfeit death and resurrection. Yeah, I think uh, in, the, in the scriptures, it seems clear to me from Revelation 13, Revelation 17, that the Antichrist is going to suffer a, a fatal wound and come back to life. Now, some people take that that it refers to the empire, you know, that the Roman Empire is going to suffer this fatal wound and then the empire will be revived or come back to life. But I, I think it's better to see this as the individual himself. The same language is used of the death and resurrection of the beast or the Antichrist in Revelation 13 that's used of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Now back in Revelation chapter 5. Now some people will say now, how is it that Satan has the power to raise people, someone from the dead? Because, you know, back in in Mark chapter 2, you know, Jesus uh, raises this uh, man up who's lame, and it's a sign that only God has the power to do that. But it seems to me like in 2 Thessalonians 2.13, it says God will send a strong, deluding influence upon people in the world so that they'll believe the lie. So I think that God will allow, the, uh, will allow Satan to have the power to pull off this great miracle as part of that deluding influence. Because obviously God is the only one that has the ultimate power 
uh, to give life. But I think he's going to allow Satan to do that as part of this great delusion uh, that will take place in the end times. Revelation chapter 13 speaks of an assassination attempt, I believe, on the Antichrist. In fact, it even goes on to say that it will be uh, from the use of a sword. But it uses some words there that indicate that that it may not be uh, successful to the extent that he actually literally dies. Uh, it uses the words as though he were dead uh, or something to that effect. So I don't, I don't believe that he will literally die. However, this event will, will cause the world to wonder after him. So whether he dies literally or not, the world will be amazed at this feat where he appears to die, certainly, and then is um, miraculously, so, so to speak, healed and able to resume his, uh, his leadership of the world. So uh, whether he actually dies or not, I think is, uh, is questionable. I, I tend to believe that he would not die, but only appear to die. That's my personal position. No, I don't. And, and again, there's a lot of different views on this issue. And I think the controversy centers primarily around how you uh, interpret Revelation 13, 3 and Revelation 13, verses 11 through 14. And, and you, if you go with 13, 3, you come up with one way. If you go with Revelation 14, uh, Revelation 13, 11 through 14, you come up with a, another way. At least some people do. Now, uh, those who go with Revelation 13, 3, they say that it's one of the seven heads that it has a deadly wound and is healed. And uh, they believe that that, that is the, uh, the, not the Antichrist, but that that was Europe that uh, uh, fell apart, was killed or died and was healed and came back as a revived Roman Empire, was raised from the dead. Uh, those who go down to Revelation 13, verses 11 through 14, they look at those verses and they believe that those verses are saying that uh, the Antichrist will receive a deadly wound and be healed and raised from the dead. Now, when I look at Revelation 13.3, the way I read that, it says uh, this head looks like, or this head is as though, this head appears as, however you want to phrase that, as though it had a deadly wound that was healed. Now, to me, there's a little bit of difference in saying it looks like or is at, it is as it were uh, uh, a wound, a deadly wound that was healed and actually having a deadly wound that was healed. Uh, what I'm getting at, when I get down to Revelation uh, 13 verses 11 through 14, we start reading about the false prophet and we see that the false prophet forces people to worship the Antichrist. And the false prophet uses uh, wonders, signs and wonders to persuade people to believe that the Antichrist received a deadly wound that was healed and he was raised from the dead. In other words, the way I interpret that passage, it is saying that the false prophet uses persecution and force and phony miracles and deceit to cause people 
to believe that the Antichrist was killed and raised from the dead. Not that he actually was killed and raised from the dead, but that he uses deceit and force and things like that to, to perpetrate that untruth, if you want to, that false doctrine or that lie. No, I do not. I don't think the Bible teaches that. Uh, first of all, we have to look at it from a, a theological standpoint that the evidence that Jesus himself is the Son of God is because of the resurrection from the dead. That is unique in all of human history. As a matter of fact, I want to read a passage out of Romans chapter uh, 1 here just a minute that uh, speaks to that effect tells us in Romans chapter 1 verse 4 that uh, Jesus was declared the Son of God with power by what? By the resurrection of the dead. So we could not possibly have Jesus rising from the dead and saying, I am the life and the resurrection, and Satan on the other hand coming up and saying, so am I. I am the life and the resurrection also. And also the evidence in the scriptures don't indicate that. In uh, Revelation chapter uh, 2, let's just go over there, Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And it tells us this. <clears throat> it tells us what it's like to write, be uh, raised from the dead, be raised from the dead. It's, Jesus says this. He says, I am the first and the last. I was dead and I've come to life. We never see that about the Antichrist. In Revelation chapter 13, He's got seven heads, which we've already talked about, seven kingdoms. One of those is slain. Uh, the real commentary on what happens with the Antichrist is Revelation chapter 17. It says he was, he is not, and he will come. That's the language of reincarnation. That's not the language of resurrection. And Satan has raised up reincarnation as the chief antithesis of revel, uh, 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 resurrection all through history. Satan hates the doctrine of resurrection because of the resurrection of the Son of God. But when we look at I was, he was, he is not, and he will come, he was in past history. He is not during the time of uh, John, when John wrote that uh, particular uh, passage, and he will come in the future. That's the most it says about the Antichrist and his origins. He will come up, by the way, out of the abyss. That's also not the language of resurrection. He will be indwelled by a spirit that comes up out of the abyss. So he's two persons in one. He's a man, and he's a, he's a spirit from the abyss. And uh, he comes up uh, from the past. A spirit who controlled a kingdom in the past comes up and indwells the Antichrist, raises him up in the last days, and perhaps fakes a resurrection. Uh, but Satan does not have the power to perform resurrection. No. Um, and, I, and actually, I back that up with, with a couple points. First, first point is a lot of people point to and make an assumption that Antichrist is being raised from the dead based on Revelations 13.3. You know, John describes the beast with seven heads and that one of these seven heads have a mortal wound and it's resurrected and everything. There's problems with this. I, I see in Revelations 13, 1 through 3, that this is not the Antichrist. This is actually, this represents the seven Gentile nations. And in this, I see it's Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome. And the final kingdom or empire that has the wounded head, and it's one that people totally disregard and forget about, the Ottoman Empire. 
That's a tough one. Uh, that could be a reference to the Roman Empire being wounded and being broken up for so many hundreds of years and reviving as a European Union. God does seem to like a lot of symbolism, though. I mean, if you look at the seven churches, the seven churches of Revelation were seven actual churches. They represent time periods, and they also could be representative of the seven churches today. So the Antichrist could very well have something that seems like he died and then rose again, but Satan has no power over death. So if it is a resurrection, it's going to be another counterfeit resurrection, a counterfeit miracle. No, uh, I was, in fact, I was looking at this and I ran across uh, an article written by David Reagan, who, <laughs> who, who, who uh, agree with me on this. <laughs> so uh, great minds think alike, is that it, it will, the, the healing of that wound is the Roman Empire, which is, has two stages. And uh, it, I, I, I believe when someone dies, you're in God's hand. Only God can resurrect someone. I don't think the the false prophet can can bring him back to life. So, I don't believe the Antichrist is going to be killed and resurrected from the dead because only the Lord Jesus Christ has the power over death. If you look at those passages that have to do with the the slaying or the mortal wound of the Antichrist, um, it says that John John saw that he had a wound uh, as if he had been slain. Um, Not every mortal wound results in uh, a fatality. Uh, People have uh, been healed uh, from um, uh, wounds that would otherwise be mortal in nature, uh, but for some reason they were not. And I believe that this is going to be a resuscitation more than anything else. I believe it's going to be fakery. I I believe it's going to be trickery. It's going to be one more thing in the arsenal of Antichrist to convince the whole world that he is their Messiah. I do not. I differ here from some other prophecy preachers. I think that passage that says in Revelation, one of his heads was wounded unto death, represents the multi-headed facets of the kingdom of the Antichrist in the last days. I don't think it's an individual that is attacked. I think you have serious problems with saying Satan will have the power to resurrect the Antichrist. Uh, That is a power given only to God in Scripture. Now, it may appear to be a resurrection if it is an individual attack, but not a real resurrection. It's a pseudo-miracle at best. I think it actually represents the fact that part of his kingdom will be devastated, and that part of the kingdom will be revived. Uh, Could that apply to a nation, for example, like Germany that was totally destroyed and has now come back to power as a major leader in Europe as part of the kingdom of the Antichrist of the end times? I think that is certainly a very real possibility. Well, I hope you found those answers as fascinating as I did, and I hope the discussion will drive you into the Scriptures to judge for yourself the meaning of Revelation 13, verse 3. Incidentally, I side with those who believe the Antichrist will not be killed and resurrected from the dead. I think the passage is speaking of the Roman Empire rising from the dead and not the Antichrist. But if it is speaking of the Antichrist, I do not believe he will be resurrected from the dead. Instead, I believe his death and resurrection will be a deception using modern technology. That brings us to the second question. Could the Antichrist be alive today? All 11 Bible prophecy experts responded to this question, but we have time to show you only nine of the answers. The first is Ray Gano, who said yes. He believes the Antichrist is alive today. He then proceeds with his reason for believing that. The reason that I believe this 
is because at no other time in history are we seeing Bible prophecy come to pass that what we've seen over and over again we're seeing Israel as a nation Israel blossoming Israel uh, coming together her people returning Aliyah uh, on May 14th 1948 I imagine I just I can see it in my mind's eye God taking a big old huge hourglass and just going wow boom turning it over and we're seeing the sands of time run out and uh, I, I believe strongly that the age of the Gentile is is slowly coming to a close and in fact uh, in in TV vernacular you guys have what's called a, a crossfade transition I believe the church is here and I see Israel here in in a crossfade at one point both scenes come together. One seed's fading out, one scene's fading in. At one point, they both occupy the same time and space, and it's called the crossfade. The church and Israel right now, I strongly believe, are we are standing in the crossfade. Both Israel and the church are occupying the same time and space. We are coming off stage, Israel's coming on. And uh, so yes, with all these things taking place today, I, I believe the man of perdition is on, is around. We don't know him, and he, I don't even know if he knows himself, but I believe he's at least alive and well today. Not necessarily. It all depends on how close we really are to the time of the end. Could the Antichrist be alive today? Yes, certainly. Does he know he's the Antichrist? No. Is he moving in power to try to take over the world right now? No. Now, I've been in the ministry for 40 years. I've heard it all. Uh, that uh, Hitler was the Antichrist and Mussolini was the Antichrist and Stalin and Gorbachev because he had a mark on his forehead it was the mark of the beast and before that people said it was Khrushchev and uh, people even said it was John Kennedy it was Ronald Wilson Reagan he had six letters in each of his three names uh, it's George Bush and he doesn't know any better it's Bill Clinton and Hillary's the false prophet and of course now everybody wants to say it's Obama he came out of nowhere doesn't even have a birth certificate nobody knows where he came from uh, he is a Muslim connection in his background uh, he's gonna take over the world one day, etc. It's certainly possible that any individual could potentially become the Antichrist once he's indwelled by Satan. But I'm convinced that 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 makes it clear that until the restrainer is removed, until the church is raptured out and the spirit-baptized, spirit-empowered church of the Lord Jesus Christ is no longer here to restrain evil in the world, only then will Satan have the power to indwell someone to become the Antichrist. Uh, the Bible says in the words of Jesus that nobody knows the day or the hour of my coming, not even the angels of heaven. Satan is a fallen angel. Uh, therefore, Satan doesn't know the date of the rapture. Satan can read the Bible. Satan can read the newspaper like anybody else. He can sense a crisis is coming in the world, and perhaps this is the big one. He may even feel that he has to get a candidate ready potentially to be the Antichrist in every generation, but his hands are tied by the sovereignty of God, and he cannot move on someone to indwell them and empower them to be the Antichrist until after the rapture of the church. So I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus Christ. Well, I believe that he's alive today, Dave, because we're so close to the return of Christ. And... Uh... You know, he's not, uh, probably won't be an elderly man when he comes to power, but he will be a, an adult and will probably have already achieved some political uh, prowess 
in the international community and so and because I believe we're so close to the return of Christ and the and the beginning of the tribulation I just believe that he is alive today and uh, waiting for his uh, appointment with his political debut most definitely uh, we are so close to Jesus soon return he's got to be out there somewhere he maybe is a minor politician or religious leader or something like that but uh, as the signs of the time show and Israel struggling so hard to survive big things are happening right on the horizon and he's got to be ready to take the reins and be the savior of the world to the fallen world at the time so yes I believe the Antichrist is alive absolutely I do of course that's just speculation that's just opinion I sometimes tell people opinions are like noses everybody's got one <laughs> so I have one <laughs> and, but I, I, I would say to you that the Antichrist cannot appear for two reasons. First of all, he cannot appear because the church is still here. I believe he rises to power after the rapture of the church. And then the second reason I believe that he cannot appear, I believe in Daniel it teaches that 11 kings, there will be 11 kings. Ten kings will rise first, ten horns, and then in 11th, the little horn, which is the Antichrist, he will appear. So we don't have these, these ten kings yet. Yes, I believe the Antichrist is alive today, and the reason I believe that is because of the days in which we live. I believe that he is uh, living somewhere, uh, probably as a, a minor uh, official of some kind. Who know, He might not be uh, known even as a minor official today. The critical thing about Antichrist is that events are going to propel him into a situation where the world will demand him and his services. Um, he's somebody that... Um, um, much like Adolf Hitler was, uh, someone that people will ask for. If you think about it, uh, Hitler did not impose himself upon the German people as much as the German people demanded his services as a result of the post-World War I uh, deprivation they were experiencing. I do believe the Antichrist is alive today. And one reason why I believe that is because of the signs of the times that we see. Uh, first of all, the nation of Israel is back in the land. Um, we are witnessing them, you know, rebuilding the third temple or they have plans for rebuilding it. Uh, we see so many indicators that are that are that are indicators for the last days. As a result of that, uh, I believe that it is so close. I believe the rapture, again, is that any could happen at any time. As a result of that, I believe that when Antichrist comes on the scene, it'll be a turnkey situation. So because what we're witnessing today, the preparation for the Great Tribulation, I do believe that the Antichrist could very well be alive today. I believe the Antichrist could be alive today, but Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us that he is being restrained. He will be revealed in his time, and his time will not come. Uh, that revelation of who the Antichrist actually is will not come until after the rapture happens. Now, the reason that, uh, as a matter of fact, I'll go a little stronger than that. I think he probably is alive today because I think the rapture is so close. The rapture, of course, has always been imminent, but the signs of the times are pointing to the second coming of Jesus. If that's true, how much closer is the rapture? The rapture is what is, uh, it, it's the curtain that uh, has to be raised before the Antichrist is revealed. So if the rapture occurred today, which it very well could, uh, then the Antichrist is certainly on the scene because he would be revealed very shortly thereafter. That's a question that uh, is one of the main questions that gets asked at prophecy conferences. You know, is the Antichrist alive today? Um, obviously, if we say anyone says for sure that he's alive, then uh, obviously that means the Lord has to come back within you know, 30, 40 years because he's not gonna, the Antichrist won't live forever. So what I would say about that question is no one knows for sure, but if someone were to ask me, do I think that he's alive today? I do. 
I do believe that he's alive somewhere on the earth today because of the convergence that we see of the signs of the times and the acceleration of these signs. So I personally, if someone would ask me, I do believe that. But you can't state it categorically. I think that he's alive today. No one knows that for sure. But that's my own view of it. Our tally for the question, is the Antichrist alive today, came to eight yeses, one could be, one not necessarily, and one I don't know. My answer to the question is yes. I believe the Antichrist is alive today. But I must add that I think he has always been alive. <laughs> Let me explain what I mean by that. Satan knows Bible prophecy, but he does not know its timing. So I believe Satan has always had an Antichrist candidate ready to anoint with his power. And I think he has one ready today, one who is very likely to become the actual Antichrist. But please, don't waste your time trying to guess who that person might be. The book of Revelation teaches that the Antichrist will not be revealed until the Great Tribulation. And do not live looking for the Antichrist. Live looking instead for Jesus Christ. He is coming soon. And the crucial question is, are you ready? I hope so. If not, then reach out to Him today, repent of your sins, and accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Salvation is a free gift of God by grace through faith in Jesus. Well, that's our program for this week. Until next week at this same time, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. For more detailed information about every aspect of the Antichrist, his origin, his nationality, his character, his personality, his activities during the Great Tribulation, and his ultimate fate, read Dr. Reagan's book, God's Plan for the Ages. God's Plan for the Ages contains a comprehensive overview of all aspects of Bible prophecy. It's written in an easy-to-understand, down-to-earth style that you'll find appealing. In addition to all the prophecies concerning the first and second comings of the Messiah, it deals with a host of other prophetic questions, such as what happens when you die? What will heaven be like? What's the future of the earth? Where is the United States in prophecy? When is the rapture most likely to occur? Are there signs of the times that are unique to our day and age? The book contains a variety of charts and diagrams which illustrate various aspects of Bible prophecy and is available for a gift of $15 or more. To order, just visit lamblion.com. God's plan for the ages is cataloged as P15. Consider ordering an extra copy for your pastor or church library. In God's plan for the ages, you'll discover that God has spelled out in great detail how He will redeem mankind and restore creation. Knowing God's plan for the ages helps His people know Him better and live hope-filled lives. Again, God's plan for the ages is available for a gift of $15 or more. And all you need to do to order a copy is visit lamblion.com. God's plan for the ages is cataloged as P15. Hello, my name is Nathan Jones, web minister with Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're using the internet to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ to over 1 billion people who access the internet now and after the rapture. I'd like to invite you to come and check out our website at www.lamblion.com. You will find a wealth of information about Bible prophecy, gaining a big picture view into God's plan for the ages and learn how His eternal plan relates to you in the here and now. Watch online episodes of Christ and Prophecy for in-depth teachings on end-time events. Read from the library of articles covering all aspects 
of God's prophetic word. Subscribe free to receive the Lamplighter magazine, e-newsletter, and blog to stay up to date on current events as they relate to Bible prophecy. Equip yourself to share the good news with others using materials from our resource center. Come visit lamblion.com today. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. Christ in Prophecy is made possible through the faithful and generous support of viewers like you. 